Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Page of Pentacles and Thucydides. Today's show will focus on the Knight of Pentacles and Pericles. Myth and Tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and pentacles and all of the above. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new aged wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. We're talking about a card that shows up a lot when I give readings for people mm. this, this week uh, The Knight of Pentacles. Yes. yes. It sounds is... like you, the. Never mind. Like, it sounds <laughs> like what? <laughs> like when you give a lot of. Reading this week. This particular week. This one, no, this no, week. No. In this general. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, I'm going to rephrase that whole thing. This week, we're talking about a card that shows up a lot when I give readings. There we go. There we go. Sometimes you need to plan your sentences ahead of time. Um, and any good Knight of Pentacles would agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all of the Pentacles court cards are really. I'm going to say they care a lot about planning and they care a lot about responsibility and um, all, all those good things that we learned about the pentacles as well. Um, so you'll notice that the knight of pentacles has a lot in common with the page of pentacles. Um, but the main difference is that the knight of pentacles appears to a person who is starting a new project. Mm. And there are a few differences in personality between the knight and the page, although this is where I actually um, might disagree for the first time with what I've been reading from uh, the American Tarot Association on the Knight of Pentacles uh, in particular. So I'm going to talk about the Knight of Pentacles as he appears to people whenever I've been giving readings personally, and I will also talk a little bit about how that differs in the American Tarot Association, and we are going to match him to another Meyer Briggs personality type. Uh-huh. Are you going to talk about what kind of new projects he typically signifies? Or... Yes, okay. yes. That's, a good, that's a good point. Yes, um, he actually will show up for any kind of project, um, and he is probably the knight that shows up the most to represent the person that I am actually reading mm. for. Um, because often a person will go to a tarot reader when they are ready to embark on a new kind of journey in their life, um, or they're, they might want some sort of clarification about, uh, particularly if it's a business venture, sometimes someone might like want to ask a tarot reader about, oh, how, where's my career going? Or I, a lot of times if um, I'm, I do readings for students, like people in, in university, they'll often show up as the Knight of Pentacles because they are literally embarking on this journey where they're choosing which part of their life to focus on. And they're trying to like, or especially if they're finishing university and they're you know, finishing off that whole school chapter of their lives, and they're like, where do I go now? That's when the Knight of Pentacles comes in. And uh, usually the Knights are full of action and energy, uh, but the Knight of Pentacles is a little bit different. He, instead of jumping in head first, tends to take a step back and look at everything and all of the information that's available and 
make a very wise and planned decision before going in for the kill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm being dramatic, but, but that's yeah. kind of the idea mm-hmm. of the Knight of Pentacles, right? So, um, it's really common for the Knight of Pentacles to show up for, uh, the people I'm reading for in general. Uh, often it'll show up as uh, a helper a lot. It shows up as a helper, and this means that like you should take on the energy of the Knight of Pentacles, someone who is planning and making decisions, and it'll often show up as the person as well, sometimes a conclusion card. It's very yeah. rare that I have received this card for a person in a reading as an obstacle. It is very rare. What would it mean? So I guess if you got it as a conclusion card, would it mean that like new ventures are ahead or? Yep. Yeah. So it would mean that this is a time to plan for the future because uh, the the soil is ripe, if mm. you will. So it's it would have kind of a similar to the Ace of Pentacles kind of meaning in that okay. in that case, only more with the energy of a person mm. than mm-hmm. a, of an event. I would say as a uh, as a conclusion card. Um, also, so let's just describe the card yeah. a little bit before I talk more about when, when he, he, she shows up. I like, I like talking about the court cards as being either male or female, but in the Rider Waite Smith deck, the Knight of Pentacles is depicted as male. Um, he is literally a knight in shining armor. <laughs> um, he's on top of a black horse and the, the, it's very important to note that the horse is standing. The horse is not mid-gallop. Mm, I see what you're saying. Right? The horse is not in motion. It's not lying down. It's not lying down. It looks it looks very much at attention. And the knight is holding a pentacles um, and staring at the pentacles rather than the land. So this very much signifies that he's staring at his values and um, what matters to him. And the land below him is actually all plowed fields. So um, the fields have not yet been sown, or if they have, it's very fresh, and there's nothing, there's nothing green growing there yet, but there's definitely that intention of having a good harvest for the next year. So the, the Knight of Pentacles is the one who's kind of overseeing this big project. The Knight of Pentacles is often someone who um, is in charge of, I'm going to say, a group, of people, so it has a, it is definitely responsible for managing a lot of different resources, um, and he's he's sometimes in other decks he's also shown with like a castle in the in the middle of being built, so you literally see the foundations being <laughs> laid. Uh, that that metaphor is really prominent. Sometimes he's also just shown um, looking at land at prospective land for building, for building like maybe a new village or something like that. Mm. Um, so he's very responsible. People definitely depend a lot on the Knight of Pentacles um, because he gets the job done. Uh, and that's kind of similar to the Page of Pentacles, right? So this is where I tend to start to disagree with some of the descriptions of the Knight of Pentacles in Ada Tarot, the American Tarot Association. So they've described the Knight of Pentacles as being not imaginative, having lacking imagination, and caring a lot about the old-fashioned ways of doing things, and um, 
and I'm going to say kind of like the standard and just following orders, I disagree a lot with that because I feel like whenever I've seen this card show up, it's when a person is trying to imagine the future, right? They And I feel like it takes a lot of imagination in order to plan, in order to uh, lay that kind of ground groundwork. And it and, you know, that's not to say that he doesn't rely on the uh, expertise of, of the past or doesn't listen to others' judgments, um, but he definitely, and I think perhaps he might come across as, as being maybe old-fashioned because he's also very stubborn, right? So he can, he can definitely come across as being arrogant and perhaps over, overly confident because his, he's so used to his methods working. Um, but I think he definitely has a lot of imagination because he's able to look at a land that has nothing in it and imagine what it's going to have in the future and imagine the possible uh, threats that are going to happen and is able to see kind of the full picture. And the Meyer Briggs personality type that this matches very well with is the INTJ personality type. So this is an introverted person um, as opposed to extroverted and uh, I know that's kind of uncommon for the knights as well but once again introverted means that instead of barging in head first they take a step back to kind of analyze um, rather than than going on impulse and just getting it done we'll see other knights who do that for sure like the knight of swords <laughs> um, okay so the knight of pentacles is introverted intuitive as opposed to sensing. So this is the difference between the Knight of Pentacles and the Page of Pentacles. The Page of Pentacles is more concerned with what he's currently dealing with in the moment. His current resources and making the most out of what he currently has. The Knight of Pentacles is planning for the future. So that's where I, I um, am saying he's more intuitive versus sensing. Mm. He is imagining a future for the people that depend on him um, where, and it doesn't necessarily exist yet, <laughs> right? So he might be relying on the methods of, of old or relied tried and true methods, right? So that would be the judging versus perceiving part of his character. And he's definitely a thinking versus feeling. He, uh, he, definitely cares more about making the most out of his resources rather than making people happy. He cares about a good job well and he's like he kind of just expects people to be happy with a good job. He doesn't necessarily care about um about letting matters of the heart interfere with his work, right? And it's one of the the things that makes him so effective as well as in in getting the work done. So um for those students for example that this card shows up in a lot of times emotions are kind of getting in the way so so this card might be coming up as a conclusion card as opposed to the ace of pentacles to say you know now is the time for cool logic where you take a step back and analyze everything and plan for the future and not necessarily letting your emotions getting the better of you right Otherwise, if it was more, uh, if it was more like think with your heart, you would get a cups card, right. like a knight of cups mm -hmm. would definitely be a think with your heart and do what feels right. Knight of pentacles doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> think with your head. Think with your head. Look at what's been tried and true, but also be a little bit imaginative. So I'm going to use the website 16 personalities 
to describe some of the strengths and weaknesses of the INTJ personality type. So, are you sorry? Yeah. Well, before you do that, are you able to go onto this website to find out which personality type you are for those of our listeners that haven't that oh, don't know? Yes, that's a good that's a good question. Yes. Okay. Yes, you definitely can. So, it's about they say it's a 15-minute test. It took me like twice that. Oh. <laughs> but that's because I I think a lot about questions. <laughs> Right? I thought you were going to say, it took like five minutes. No, 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 no. It says take the test, but like, I'm definitely one of those people that will be like, if it asks like, oh, when you enter a room, do you want to talk to people? I'm like, it depends on the room. Right? I overthink every single question. I think the test, you're supposed to just kind of do instinctual answers, right? And just like whatever jump jump to conclusion don't overanalyze it like I did (laughs) and I actually took the test a few times and got a few different personalities um and this is by the way uh not multiple personality (laughs) (laughs) disorder um that's actually just um me overthinking things and I had to like do some soul searching about which answers were actually the right ones and I should have just been like Rah, rah, rah. Go with your gut. Yeah, my, my <laughs> husband was so infuriated with me when he saw me doing this. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you making it so much harder on yourself? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I like seeing all the different options. I like imagining. Yeah, so you don't have to do this. Make it easy on yourself if you want to take this test. Um, 16personalities.com. We have a link to it in the description for this particular uh podcast episode episode. yeah Yeah, so you will be able to find that uh we'll also have a link to the personality type of intj okay so now strengths and weaknesses strengths and weaknesses hurrah okay so one of the first strengths that's listed is being imaginative and strategic minded so um yeah like i said i believe the knight of pentacles definitely has an imagination although it might not come across as him being quote-unquote imaginative in the same way as the Knight of Cups is, for example, right? Like, the Knight of Cups is more artistic and imaginative that way. The Knight of Pentacles is imaginative in a strategic way. Um, So INTJ is also described as being quick and imaginative. They're able to come up with, uh, with really clever solutions to problems. Uh, they have a high self-confidence, and I think that's probably because they're used to being right. Um, <laughs> they're independent <laughs> and decisive. Um, they're always right, or they just think they're right? Well, I think they're used to being right. Okay. I think, like, just this fact that they're able to step back, and they're really good at seeing the whole picture um, before making their decisions on things, that when they make their decisions, it's very, it's often right, so they're really used to it. Um, I have a father who is an INTJ personality type, mm-hmm. and it is really annoying. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's great. He's great, and he's often right. It's just like, wow. <laughs> it, you know, it's it's hard to, to fight that. Anyways, <laughs> um, you got independent and decisive. Um Hardworking and determined, definitely. So INTJs love a good project. They 
are kind of always looking for a project as soon as one's done and they just are really good at finishing it and finding the best way to complete that project and I think that's one of the things that really does associate this personality type in my mind with the Knight of Pentacles as well because the Knight of Pentacles is really good at seeing a project through to completion right it's not just about starting a project with them they're they're about that hard work and determination to get it done as well um, Oh, look at that. Hard work, hard working and, and determined strength. is the next strength. Oh, okay, there. Um, <laughs> uh, there's open-mindedness as well. Um, one of the things that they're good at is taking in all their resources and listening to the advices of others, especially if those people happen to prove them wrong, <laughs> then they become best friends. <laughs> if you want to make friends with an INTJ personality type, prove them wrong. Um, but logically, it can't be an yeah. emotional thing. Um and they're also jacks of all trades because of their open-mindedness and determination, and they tend to pick up a lot of skills. Um, however, their weaknesses is they can come across as being arrogant because they know everything or they think they know everything, uh, and also kind of judgmental because um, if they see someone doing something wrong or in what they assume is the wrong way, it does bother them. Uh, they can also be overly an analytical, kind of getting stuck in their own heads. And um, they might also loathe a highly structured environment. So this is where it also, this personality type kind of differs with the description on the American Tarot Association. Um, so it in the INTJ, they, they hate it when someone just follows the rules for the sake of following rules. They, they definitely want there to be a reason behind all of the rules. And normally there is a reason behind rules, so they, they tend to uphold them and like those rules. <laughs> um, but if they don't, if a rule doesn't make sense, they definitely do not, do not abide by it mm. and um, will maybe tear it down as well. Um, and it also says that another weakness is that they might be clueless in romance. Oh, your poor mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She's an ESFP. We'll talk about okay. that. <laughs> she's full of, she's got enough romance for both of them. <laughs> Full of love and energy. Okay. Um, yeah, so a little clueless in romance. And that's possibly due to just being so much in their heads and analytical. Mm -hmm. And matters of the heart uh, tend to not be so easy to analyze. Anyways, I'm kind of going over time. No, you're good. We're good? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know much about Pericles other than his being a general. Yes. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, I know something. <laughs> you know something. Yay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be talking about Pericles today. So, mm -hmm. much like Thucydides last week, Pericles was a real boy. A real boy. A real boy, not a <laughs> mythical one. Um, we actually briefly mentioned him, too, because Thucydides has a passage, um, a pretty well-known one called the Funeral Oration of Pericles. So, mm -hmm. I might talk about it a little bit later, but, yeah, you can go back and listen last week for a little bit of background on him. Um, Thucydides. Uh, Thucydides. Um, but Pericles um, is an Athenian general, like you said, um, Strategos. So there's your word of the day. Strategos. Strategos. Does that um, mean strategy, perchance? Well, it means general. So, it means general, yeah. right? It sounds like strategy. It does. So Strategos. Very likely where we get it from. Um, he was born um, about 495 until 429 BCE. Um, so like I said, he was an orator and a general of Athens. Um, 
And to be a general in Athens at this time, we, you know, we have the emerging democracy, you have to be elected every single year. Um, and he wasn't the only one. I think there were 10 other um, generals as well. But he kept being elected um, for many, many years up until his death, actually. Mm. Um, Thucydides called him the, fir- the first citizen of Athens. He wasn't, obviously, but he definitely <laughs> held him in high regard. Um, and Maybe, like, he had a certain definition of what a citizen should be. Thucydides or Pericles? Thucydides, who was writing about Maybe. Pericles. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's best known for turning the Delian League into an Athenian empire. <laughs> I really like that you picked Thucydides for the page of page of pentacles who was writing about the knight of pentacles yeah. <laughs> that's so much like a page would do for for their knight exactly <laughs> it's, it's a very um not symbiotic relationship but a close one like it's, yeah to yeah, the page very... and to the knight definitely um so some more background on him and on just what's going on in Athens at the time because I think that's important to understand when like yeah talking about who who's influential at that time so yeah. Um, again, this is during the classical period after the Persian attack and kind of during the uh, Peloponnesian War. So it's the war between Athens and Sparta. Um, and the guiding spirit of Athenian imperialism apparently was Pericles, um, who owned his owed his position at Athens in part to his repeated election, again, to the post of Strategos, but also because of the high regard in which the Athenians held him. They wouldn't keep electing him if they didn't hold him in this high regard. Yeah, they obviously respected him a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so though he, he was served concurrently, Co-currently? Yeah. Is that how I say it? Yeah. Concurrently. 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 <laughs> Thank you. With nine other generals, um, none of the other generals exercised as much um, influence in the Ecclesia, which is the outdoor assembly or meeting area, as him. So it's not that he had, like, quote-unquote, more power. It's just that people really did respect him and listen to what he... Um, what he had to say. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. His ideas... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And although democracy, um, Athens did not have, you know, a president or a prime minister as we have now, it was actually very different um, if you think about the structure today, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of political bodies. So the generals exercised power in politics, but only really by virtue of esteem in which, again, they were held. So not exactly. They were, they were still military generals, not, they weren't supposed to be political leaders. However, yeah. <laughs> as we'll see with things that he did, that's not always the case. Um, let me see. Yeah. So one of the biggest things, not one of the biggest, but one thing that he did do, um, I think, which had a political impact, was he introduced a measure providing pay for jury service, um, which definitely bolstered his popularity at the polls. So before this, you either get, I think you got nothing or, or a little bit of money to go for jury, say jury duty, like we have yeah. today. So... He made it so that everyone that went would get like a full day's wage, and that definitely encourages people to go mm-hmm. and take part of the justice system. Exactly, and they are like, yeah. "Oh, we like you. You're giving us money. <laughs> oh, you you made this it made it possible for us to get paid." Yeah. Exactly. Um, one of the other biggest things um, that he did was really promoted arts and literature in Athens. Um, and is known for beautifying Athens through something called the Periclean Rebuilding Program. Mm. Name sound familiar? 
<laughs> named after him, basically, um, on the Acropolis of Athens. So this project really did beautify the city and protected it, it, protected it while exhibiting its glory um, and giving work to the people. That's something that's important, too. I mean, we have not as much, like, make-work projects today, but they still, they're still around. Yeah, especially um, if you have, like, a, a developed city that, you know, people are starting to not have jobs for. Mm-hmm. If you're able to find jobs for people, that's something that's appreciated. Yeah. Definitely. And this was... It gives them a place. It gives them a place. It gives them something to do and something to be a part of as well. And if you think mm-hmm. of the... Acrop- if you think of Athens or Greece in general, you tend to think of the Acropolis and the Parthenon and these mm-hmm. amazing buildings that really have kind of stood the test of time and yeah. people take influence on current buildings and monuments today. So... Definitely, it definitely, yeah. Like, it's definitely one of the first things you think about. Exactly. Or at least what I think about. I think of beautiful architecture. Yeah, and know. most people do. And yeah. they kind of have Pericles to thank for that. Um, not that the Acropolis wasn't beautiful before he came around. It just kind of got sacked by the Persians and was mostly destroyed. So um, what happened was... At, after, yeah, after the Persians attacked, they decided, okay, we're going to leave it as almost like an anti-monument. We're not going to build over where they had this, quote-unquote, Oath of Plataea, it's called. They're not really mm-hmm. sure if it was an actual thing or not. Um, but that was basically to say, okay, we're just going to leave it, again, we're going to leave it empty, we're going to leave it as it is. Um, but Pericles convinced everyone to go against this. And he said, no, instead, what we're, we are going to fix it up, fix and, it up and yeah. do this amazing project um, with extraordinary speed as well. Um, so the sanctuary, again, was proclaimed for the aesthetic and economic and political supremacy of Athens. Um, to pay for this <laughs> ambitious project, you might ask, like, oh, like, this is obviously is going to cost a lot yeah, of where money. Is this money where from? is it coming from? So Pericles actually persuaded the Athenians to use money contributed by their allies over the years um, for the common defense of Greece. So this is what was known as the Delian League. So basically after the Persians attacked, the Athenians, as well as others, kind of said, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And they said to their allies, okay, like if you want us to continue to not, not just support you, but to um, protect you, you can either give us money <laughs> so that we can pay for, you know, supplies and for the Navy and whatnot, or you can yeah. give us, pe- like, men, people to protect. So the money used to be, um, the for the alliance, was kept on the island of Delos, hence the name, the name. Delian League, okay. um, but it was transferred to Athens in 454 instead. So some people... Just for money? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, some people say that this was an attempt of Athenian tyranny, um, but that Pericles didn't really care about that. So they brought the money to the Acropolis, and it's like, oh, well, if the money's here, now we need to protect it and beautify it. But they basically just used it to yeah. do used this Used it to whole... build the project. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So the center of this program was the Parthenon, which was built um, between 447 and 432 BC. So again, like 15 years. 
It's a very short time. They've been reconstructing it for, I think, 30, 20, 30 years at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly it went up. Um, then uh, they made the Propylia, which was left unfinished because of the outbreak of the Peloponnesian War. So the Propylia was actually the entranceway. And it's pretty cool, I think, that it wasn't totally finished because you can actually see the in-between steps of what, like, how they they built of how um, they, like, fixed it up. Of how they made it in general. And so, how, like, they're building mm-hmm. techniques for other buildings and monuments as well. So I think oh, that's that pretty cool. cool. <laughs> so, it, so, it's, so it's a useful piece of architecture for for knowing what, what level mm-hmm. they were at. Yeah, and even if it wasn't completely finished, it was beautiful and glorious as well. I have, a, I have an off-script question for mm-hmm. you. How long did it normally take for these kinds of buildings to be built? It was... De- Depend. It would depend on the size. It would depend on the material used mm-hmm. um, and where it was. So they. Like you mentioned it took twenty to thirty years to build some of these things, which was no, which was relatively quickly. So for this one, yeah, it took yeah. them like fifteen years. Now we're trying to rebuild it, or they are trying to rebuild. Not, I'm not helping. It, it, <laughs> and it's taking so much more time. So the build for in this case, um, the quarry was somewhat nearby, but it's yeah. still. I mean, you're. Pouring marble and transporting it, it it's a lot of work, and yeah, you would without, need a without lot trucks. of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without trucks, with horse and buggy, basically, yeah. and getting it up the Acropolis literally means high place. So you're getting it up this this huge, really high place, really to a really high place, and all the sculptors and masons and everything. Like the work is just extraordinary. The the phrase rolling a hill up uphill or rolling a stone uphill yeah pretty much yeah yeah yeah, pretty much (laughs) lots of um like wood Mm -hmm. like wood planks and and pulleys and levers and complicated affair complicated affair but um, again just I think it's amazing yeah um and it really is it marks the high point of the glorification of Athens in this period when the city again was stimulated really creatively um in, in not just architecture, but in theater and philosophy and history, again, mm-hmm. with Thucydides. Um, it gave people pride of their it city. It really yeah. did. And it still does to yeah. this day. So, I don't know, I feel like... It, you see, I, I feel like that takes a lot of imagination. To it do does. That, to, see, to see the value of a project beyond the immediate. Mm-hmm. So that's right? what I feel like when I see the Knight of Pentacles and yeah. I think of Pericles and you say, you say how... The knight has this kind of sewn, or not sewn, but this like fresh field. That's almost yeah. what he had, and he had this in, this vision of what it could be. Exactly, and he actually made it happen, which is amazing. Exactly, yeah. The Knight of Pentacles um, is given a fresh field that has been maybe plowed and not sewn yet, and all he's and he's holding a pentacle, and that mm-hmm. pentacle represents his values and his abilities and his knowledge and what he, and his resources really. Mm-hmm. And the field represents everything that he can do with that. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, Knight of Pentacles is definitely a really great symbol of someone who can see potential in something that others might not be able to see potential in. Yeah. Because again, yeah, he could have not, you know, use the money for that. He Definitely. saw what he wanted to do, how he could get it done, and he did. Yeah, he. It seems like he used the money to get a little bit of influence by paying the people to participate in democracy. Mm-hmm. But like, it wasn't. It didn't seem so much for his own personal gain as as for the bet 
betterment of the whole city. Yes. That's definitely the angle he took. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is interesting. I, I had no idea what you were going to talk about when you were talking about Pericles. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about, like, a, a war general, like something. Did he did he ever end up going to oh, war yeah. with Sparta? Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did, did they talk at all about his, his uh, fighting tactics style or not so much? Probably. I just... Uh, it wasn't, I that wasn't the it. focus. Yeah. Well, and not only that, I just don't find that particularly interesting. So when, <laughs> you like the I, re- <laughs> so when I read about that, it's more of a gloss over. <laughs> yeah, military strategy and tactics, not really my forte. Sculpture, on it, the other hand, that is my jam. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. my Leo showing by being interested in the war <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, la, 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 yeah. pretty things. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, some of them wars, some of those wars had some pretty interesting tactics, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely a very Knight of Pentacles thing to do is to think, to create projects for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pentacles definitely does care more about the long resulting benefits as opposed yeah. to those immediate benefits sometimes. And this is definitely long, long, <laughs> long term, long yeah. reaching. Um, there's a really great quote. Oh, I forget who said it. We'll post on our, we'll post on the, on the podcast who said it. Um, but it's a quote that goes something along the lines that a wise man plants the, the seeds of the trees he will never see. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. I kind of get that feeling mm-hmm. with Pericles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, okay. how, how are we doing on time? Oh, we're, we're over. We're good. Oh, we're over. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's all the time we have for this week. Yes. <laughs> Next week, we will talk about the Queen of Pentacles. Yes. Uh, a very interesting lady for sure. Mm-hmm. The you know what to do lady. Yeah. She, <laughs> um, she, in my particular deck, she is an older woman and she appears to me every time I ask a question twice. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the tarot cards have a little bit of sass. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's next week. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. As always, we are deeply, deeply appreciative of you guys. It is so fun to know that you guys like our podcast and are listening to it mm. and uh, hopefully uh, laughing along to our horrible jokes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. If not, we'll still keep making them. If not, yeah. yeah. If there's any questions that you might have, please uh, give us a shout. Yeah. You Leave. can email us at uh, mythtarolove at gmail.com. Leave us a review. That would be amazing, too. Yeah. Reviews are very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment, if you will. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, yes. So, our parting words for, for today come from the American Tarot Association, even though I don't agree with everything they say about the Knight of Pentacles. Uh, there is still a really useful resource. And, you know, how many episodes are we in? 48. And this is the first time I've disagreed with something they say. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, our last parting words come from this site. Leave nothing to chance. Make plans and outline objectives. You have great potential for success if you stay firmly grounded. That's the wrong chord. <laughs> there we go. There That's the is. right chord. That sounds better. <laughs> Myth and tarot. Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and pentacles. No. <laughs>